Hello, and welcome to the Business Behind Small Business, a show that reminds you that just because you own a business doesn't mean you are a business owner. In each episode, we will discuss common issues small businesses face and offer tips and advice from the perspectives of two business owners, one that is built to sell and one that is built to inherit. We are your hosts, Savannah Stone and Tiffany Kao. There's a lot of business behind small business, so let's get to it. Human resources have been the butt of jokes for so many television shows, but the reality is it's one of the most important facets to the success of your business. Oftentimes, a business owner will think that they are too small to have an HR and will generally rely on their payroll company to fill in the blanks on their behalf. Problem is, HR is so much more than just payroll and benefits. It's the tangible vision and mission of your company. It's where your company culture is managed and facilitated. The biggest question, though, is at what point should you consider hiring an HR professional and what are the benefits and drawbacks, if any, you should consider? Before we begin, please note our disclaimer. This is available in both our show notes and on our website and should be referred to before and or after this podcast. HR is not a luxury expense for small businesses. It's a necessity if you've hired employees. Most small business owners feel like they can kind of muddle their way through this, but it is not an area you want to navigate by yourself through trial and error. Not only are the people in your business one of the most important and perhaps the trickiest asset you will ever have, which HR professionals are equipped to handle, there are quite a bit of compliance work that HR does that keeps a company in line with local and federal employment laws, and that in turn keeps the business owner from having to pay hefty fines or lose out on a lawsuit, say, bought on by a former employee. Being sued by employees happen more often than we all think. So let's clarify what typically falls under the role of an HR specialist. First, they oversee recruiting and hiring and terminations. They handle performance management and reviews. They're involved with employee training and development. They manage employee benefits and compensation. They maintain company culture and ensure a safe work environment. They handle communication between employee and employers, and they settle dispute and handle disciplinary actions for the employees. They also keep the client, uh, the company compliant with the federal and local labor laws. So that means, for example, collecting and maintaining all the necessary employee paperwork and files, drafting and updating the employee handbook, making sure that required posters are posted as needed, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, we all know that as a small business, we sometimes and oftentimes simply just don't have the resource or the budget to hire a full-time in-house HR team. I mean, wouldn't that be a dream? <laughs> but it's not reality. <laughs> so let's talk alternatives. I have three alternatives for you. One is do it yourself. Now, I already mentioned that this is highly not recommended, but it's not illegal for you to be the HR person in your business as the business owner. The real question that you should ask yourself is, should you? Now, if you do decide to go it on your own and do it yourself, then at least go about it with eyes wide open and commit to the time that's needed to do it well. According to a research done by the SCORE or, um, Association, they found that HR takes up 25 to 35% of a business owner's time. 
<laughs> that's that's a lot. <laughs> that, that's a lot of time. Um, owners spend 70 to 25% of the time just dealing with paperwork, which I know is a joy to every, all of us. <laughs> and businesses with 20 employees or less have actually 60% higher compliance cost. Mm-hmm. So in this day and age, there are quite a few of those like technology, cloud apps that you can use um, that is geared for HR that can kind of help move along the paperwork and provide you with the information to arm you with the knowledge to be a good HR specialist for your own company. Now, you'll have to be aware of the degree in which you need to um, be knowledgeable because all of us have varying experiences when it comes to HR and you want to find the right application within your budget that provides you with the right level of resources so you can do that HR job well. So for example, most payroll companies offer some kind of HR program that either has a platform where you can find all that you need, that is as long as you know what you're looking for, and have a HR hotline that you can call a certified HR resource to ask questions to. That is, as long as you know what you're asking about. <laughs> Isn't that the problem to not know, not, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the thing is, right? That's the, you know, that's what you're saving in, in money is um, now you have to spend extra time in figuring out what you don't know that you don't know. And most of these resources, I would say, is probably a little reactive in a sense. So like I said, you kind of need to know what you're missing and you kind of need to know what to ask in order to get the right answers. Mm-hmm. But then how do you know what to ask or what you're missing? I don't know. all right alternative number two outsource it if you decide to outsource hr you have to determine what roles you want to outsource now some companies may do all the roles that i've mentioned earlier and some companies specialize in certain area for example in my experience i've seen that you often find companies who specialize in recruiting and hiring companies that specialize in just compliance work or companies that are highly specialized in the people part of the business, such as handling employee disputes, employee-employer uh, relationship, and company culture. Also, if you decide to outsource, you have to determine if you want somebody on-site or not. Now, some companies do not provide on-site presence for HR at all, while some individual HR specialists may be willing to come on-site and do in-person discussions and meetings with you or your employees. It's really up to your comfort level and what you think your group of employees need. Now, many people, including myself, feel that for the uncomfortable conversations like these employee disputes, complaints, or terminations, those are probably far more effective to be done in person than remote. But you know, you may also decide as the business owner that you can handle these conversations yourself or have a manager handle it. And therefore, that leaves you to be able to outsource the rest of everything else related to HR to someone who's doing it remotely. Now, I don't know, Savannah, have you ever seen that, um, that movie Up in Air? Yes. What George Clooney? That's kind of what I was thinking about when I was writing this, right? Remember how like George Clooney is like, you know, the in-person, like they... I feel like I've said it. I'm going to ruin the movie for everybody else. But anyway, he has uncomfortable <laughs> HR conversations, and he he's like he does it in person, right? And I forget who the actress is that plays opposite of him, and she's kind of like the uh, oh gosh, it's been a while. Uh, Twilight. She's an uh, Twilight Pitch Perfect girl. <laughs> oh, I can't I can't see her face, but I cannot remember her name right now though. But, <laughs> please do. You could go on, but I'm going to look at it. So basically, you know, she comes along and she's kind of like the newer class of ideas of how to like get this done. And she decides that it's better and more cost effective to get it done virtually and have these conversations over like kind of 
uh, basically like a Zoom software in a sense. Anna Kendrick. Ah, thank you. Yes. Love her. Uh, anyway. I could see her. But you know what? I was thinking you're saying Twilight and I'm over here like the cup song girl. Uh, yeah, Pitch Perfect Girl. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes, there. that's right. I think that was like the movie she did like right after Twilight and before Pitch Perfect. So she was not very well known. But I think that movie like really showed like her talent for for acting. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about this, too. So if, if for our listeners who have no idea about the movie, like if you watch it, you'll see what I mean. Um, It's kind mm-hmm. of like it's definitely uncomfortable employee conversations that they're having. Yeah. And yeah. there's this debate of whether or not the new style, the in-person or whether the virtual style is better or more effective. Mm-hmm. Anyways, overall, just a, just a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting back to what we were saying, the beauty of outsourcing is that there are many types of HR companies and individual HR consultants out there. So you can really seek out the freelancer, consulting company or service provider and service level that fits your needs and budget. And you can rev up and down as you need with the growth or downsize of your employee base. So lots of flexibility there. Alternative number three is use a PEO. So a PEO stands for Professional Employers Organization. I had to look that up too because I kind of sat there and was like, hey, I can't remember. What, what, what? I just don't call it a PEO, you know? And you really have to articulate that because otherwise it just sounds like you're saying use a P. PEO. PEO. So these type of companies kind of become a co-employer of sorts with you. So your employees are actually technically hired under their employee's umbrella, meaning that your employee wages are actually reported under the PEO's uh, federal um, EIN. Now, the PEO also absorbs all of the employee liabilities, such as the tax deposits and stuff like that. The advantages of having a PEO is that because they accumulate such a large pool of employees from all their customers, they're able to leverage the economies of scale and afford employee benefits across the board that you yourself as a small business would not otherwise qualify on your own. Now, in some industries where competition for talent is fierce, the benefits you offer is what makes or breaks the deal. And this is also a way of tapping into kind of quote unquote big company benefits at a much more affordable cost. So then you can actually attract and retain that top talent. Mm. Now, typically, PEO services include a lot of HR services. I mean, after all, they're co-employers with you, right? So your employees is kind of their employees. So they provide a lot of HR services like consulting, hiring, payroll, and compliance. And they typically have all of the softwares and applications in place so that your employees can you know, use their onboarding program usually all virtual, fill out the paperwork, manage their paperwork, store their paperwork, um, manage their benefits online and whatnot. So uh, hiring an employee or uh, working with a PEO rather really covers a lot of what's needed to help support your employee base. So I found a good article that lists the pros and cons of various types of HR outsourcing options. So we'll link it in the show notes below and you can see what the benefits and drawbacks are of each option. At the end of the day, The best HR option is the one that fits your specific needs. Just know that having HR is not a cost you want to skim over, and certainly you need to include it when you're evaluating the cost of hiring and the cost of your employees. Mm -hmm. So uh, knowing when to hire an HR professional generally boils down to a few things going on in your company. So we're going to start at the beginning. 
When your company isn't quite new and it's showing promise, you've gotten to a place where you now have quite a few people under your belt. So let's say you've got under five employees. There are some great online HR tools and subscription-based companies that can give you what you need when you need it. There is some self-guidance expected at this level, but so long as you have an employee manual, a procedures manual, and you're good with OSHA, you should be on a good path. Be sure that your payroll is set up appropriately along with your taxes and the benefits you offer and that you have a point of contact with your payroll provider to discuss additions as your company grows. Now, let's say you've got 10 to 20 employees and you're starting to have specialized teams. You may want to hire a contracted HR professional that will help you navigate the nuances of your company and take on challenges with your team on your behalf. If you've now grown to 50 employees, you may want to continue with your contracted HR so long as this person is dedicated to you and the growth of your company. Payroll can begin to get complicated if it hadn't already, and a focused specialist will catch mistakes and squelch trouble before it's fully brewed. All right, so if your company is at 100 or more, <clears throat> it's time to bring your HR in-house. You need a dedicated HR staff to manage and monitor your employees. And with this, many people on staff, you'll need your HR to be fully dedicated to you and full time. So now let's talk a little bit more about in-house versus outsourced HR. So earlier I, I discussed, or rather I drilled in a little bit more on what you had said, Tiffany, and, and hopefully gave a picture of the numbers that you should be thinking about, the number of employees, the complications of your company. So um, now we're going to talk, go into detail about the in-house versus outsourced. Business News Daily posted about this, and I quote from their article, and the source will be listed in the show notes. When you're ready to offload HR work to someone new, you can either hire new employees or enlist a third-party firm. Both entities will have the knowledge and skills to handle HR in ways that might be more difficult for you. Consider the following factors before you make your decision. Cost. In 2019, the median salary for an HR specialist was $61,920. I'm going to say that in 2022, it's probably $120,000 because I feel like everything is doubled. <laughs> <laughs> everything After is doubled. Pandemic, uh, After well, the pandemic. The, I think the supply is also slower. I'm sure a few HR for people quit. Sure. <laughs> for sure. But that was in 2019. So the equivalent number for an HR manager is about twice that. So an HR specialist at, say, 62 thousand HR manager at right around 120 some thousand so hiring another employee will also affect what you pay for benefits and payroll administration so ask yourself is the total cost of an employee ultimately less expensive than outsourcing next consider control HR employees operate directly under your oversight Outsourced HR firms must keep you happy to retain you as a client, but they follow their own internal protocols. If you need control over and complete transparency with your HR functions, you might fare better hiring HR in-house. I will also add to this that you will have transparency with an HR firm or an outsourced HR. It's a matter of control at this stage. Um, how much control do you want to have? 
And I would venture to say that most business owners don't know what they don't know. So how can you know what type of control you should have? But hey, that's just me talking. Uh, expertise is another <laughs> thing that you ought to consider. HR job titles are more diverse than just specialist or manager. Some HR employees are experts in specific HR segments. So like compensation, labor relations. If you want an expert in each of these areas, you might fare better hiring an HR firm. The firms typically have experts in every part of the field, whereas one or two in-house employees, they may lack this specialization. Employee relationships. Employees who work in office settings see each other daily and remote teams likely communicate daily in some way or other. This notion extends to in-house HR employees who will build actual relationships with your other employees. Such connections are tougher to cultivate if you outsource to an HR firm. Again, I do believe this has to do with the firm that you're working with, but I digress. I think it's important to consider all perspectives to make the right decision for your company. Now, if your choice is, nope, I don't want any HR support, let's explore what risks you're looking at. First and foremost, if you have no HR support or have not delegated to an HR to an internal person with little to no HR experience, you could open yourself and your company to violating a host of employment laws. Laws do change often and are sometimes as granular as county related. So if your HR person or yourself aren't keen on updates, you just don't have anyone in that position, this could get very costly. And I'm not trying to sound doomsday here, but I will say that especially in the last two years, I couldn't believe how quickly laws were changing and addendums were being added to HR. So if it was happening at the rate that I, I watched it happen in when <laughs> I was stuck at home and couldn't do anything but watch, I can only imagine how much more it's going to ramp up now that all HR things have COVID or pan pandemic related notions in mind. Next, if company culture isn't important to you, it, it really should be. And if it is, then I'm sorry, it can't be. If you haven't anyone in an HR role representing your vision, your mission, and your overall company culture, you could say it, but honey, if you ain't living it, then then it ain't true. HR is more than just someone who doles out laws and regulations upholding all of the above. This is also the go-to person when someone in your company has an issue, either with the company or someone within the company. They need a point of contact and it should not be you because sometimes you're the one they want to vent about. Vent about. With an HR point of contact. I was going to say, sometimes you are the problem. Yeah, sometimes it's you. Yes, you are the drama. Um, with an HR point of contact, you have a buffer before things get out of hand. And before you know it, you or your company could be getting sued. LinkedIn has a fantastic article on further risks with OSHA stating companies that violate OSHA regulations in the U.S. face several consequences. I'm telling you, there is two things you do not want to mess with, IRS and OSHA. Full stop, period. Um, <laughs> employers face lawsuits and legal costs to resolve complaints reported by injured employees, estates of workers killed due to infraction, and other potential penalties. 
the highest cost is associated with reputational damage. If a business is evaluated as lacking in its safety and health standards, partners and customers may see it negatively. OSHA cites six types of violations that companies should be aware of and can avoid. These six types of violations are listed in the article and the link to the article will be listed in the show notes as well. And just so everyone knows, like I said, don't mess with the IRS and don't mess with OSHA. And OSHA isn't really something that, oh, well, we're not a construction company or we're not, we don't have like people going out on um, like window washing, you know, high rises. No, OSHA is not just for people who are putting their lives on the line. There's health evaluations that are also a matter of, of concern. And there are other types of occupational safety hazards that, uh, that, that could potentially happen. If you have, I think it's like 50 bucks, you get yourself your OSHA poster, you put it up and bing, bang, you're done. So bottom line, you can certainly contract a company or a person to give you low level support as your company grows. In the long run, it's irrefutably more cost effective than to take a risk without one. So I agree. Yeah. So now why don't we discuss the differences or what our opinions are between an in-house HR and an outsourced HR? Like where, where do we stand with that? Because I obviously would say it outsourced HR because that's one of the things that my company does. Um, but you know, there's a lot to be said for in-house HR as well. Where do you stand with that? So I never got to the point of having an in-house HR. So I outsource mine and I'm mm -hmm. thankful to this day <laughs> for mm -hmm. my HR specialist uh, because there was just so much to learn from them and so many things that um, they were able to help me with. But I will tell you that one of the great things I, I would say that why I wanted to work myself up to it in-house HR is I, I like the specialty, right? Mm -hmm. um, compliance issues. Okay. That's pretty standard, straightforward paperwork and stuff like that. That's all pretty standard. But I think the one thing that in-house HR probably has an advantage over outsource is that they're fully dedicated and focused to your company. You're the only one that they work for. So they're familiar inside and out with the employees and the culture because they're part of the culture. Um, mm -hmm. They're there all the time to see everything. And not to say that if you outsource it, like your HR, um, whatever company or free or uh, individual HR consultant or specialist that you hire wouldn't be wouldn't be dedicated to your company and know it well. But at some point, your company is going to have complexities that if somebody who's not in a day in, day out, they may miss out on this finer nuances of things. And when you're outsourced, let's be honest, because everybody has to make enough money to support themselves. If you're outsourced, most likely your specialist is working with five, maybe 10 different companies, right? Mm -hmm. And some stuff's translate, like I said, standard stuff like compliance, paperwork, yeah, all that stuff translate. I think when you get enough complexity, like you were saying, I think you had the number about 100. Mm -hmm. Certainly you have complexity at 100 employees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Certainly you have complexity well, of 50 employees, yeah. Well, and, and sometimes it's not so much at the employees. It's also like locations. It could be that you have 25 employees or whatever, but you or 20 employees, let's say, but you've got two or three locations. If you have different locations, then the culture of each location is going to be slightly different. There's, there's a lot of things that change. Once you start segmenting people, 
once you start segmenting your company, that's when that, that segmentation now requires an HR person. Um, I will say that with outsourced HR, and I can only speak for myself, I feel like HR is not a... At that level, okay, when you're at 100 people, yes, it's a 40-hour-a-week job. But when you're at a at a, a smaller smaller scale, it's not, to me, cost-effective to have someone there 40 hours of working full-time for you or even sometimes part-time because there just aren't – it's not as though this person has to put out fires all the time. You know, a lot of times they're just a touch point. So it's very, to me, more cost effective to have an outsourced HR. And this person, this outsourced person, likely does know all of the nuances of your company because they're hopefully focused and dedicated to you and your company as they are for their other clients um, and do understand those subtle nuances, but aren't necessarily necessary to be there 20 or 30 or 40 hours a week. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, and it depends on the company, right? It depends on the company, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we certainly know when you outsource it, you do sometimes fall into companies where, you know, of course, you're trying to load one person with as much workload as possible to make it worthwhile, right? They all have billable hours and stuff they need to meet, right? So those kind of companies, probably culture is a little bit different versus like if you get a great boutique, small local HR company, a specialist, you might get very dedicated, very sincere and genuine support. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing I would say about in-house is, and while my outsource HR did a marvelous job of this because I simply wasn't that big, I can see that I got to a point where if I had an in-house person, even if they're there for only 20 hours a week, meaning that they're part-time, they're happy to be part-time and they're only around for 20 hours, I can see the value of having that established relationship with the employees and that HR person just by, you know, being part of the culture and being around. There's always like, and it depends too, like I said, like outsource HR, some people want to get really engaged in the culture and in some companies are a little bit more removed. And so if they're a little bit more removed, which is what I'm kind of um, uh, generalizing for H- outsource HR, they're just, there's just a finer, finer um, flavor about your, your company that they may not just be as in tune with. Now, my outsource HR did a lot, a lot. And I mean, they did compliance and everything too, but you know, what they were valuable to me for wasn't compliance. What were they were valuable to me for was really employee training, um, you know, uh, setting up and kind of maintaining, helping like with the company culture, a lot of employee like development and creating processes around that and performance reviews and whatnot. Like it's, you know, quote unquote, all the touchy feely stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that they were just great at. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. And they did a great job um, of, of doing that. But again, like I said, I wasn't that large. So I could be in the middle and fill in a gap of kind of the day-to-day things or certain things about employees that they just weren't around for. And it's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But if I had like 50 or 100 employees and I was expecting my HR to still fill that gap, it's just a little bit harder. Not that it's impossible. Yeah. I just think it's just a little yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, I don't disagree that once you get to a certain level of if you are at that hundred person mark, you really should, you probably also have the ability to, to hire full time, right? Like you really should have a full time person in your office or even a part time. Well, that goes person. back to what so, we were talking about is did you calculate your costs properly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Calculate right? your costs. You take this into your employee cost, the cost of hiring people. Well, and, and I would, I would argue that 
the success of your HR experience has more to do with the size of the HR outsourced company than it does with your size. Because I have had, I've had clients come to me after they worked with a much larger company and they just felt like a number to them. So they came to us. Yeah. Like I said, too far removed. Yeah, they were, they were too far removed. Like they did all of the right things, but there was no, um, uh, there was no specialization, I guess, to it or no like human touch to it, even though they had a human doing these things. Centric it just business. didn't feel, yeah, it just didn't feel, it felt more transactional than a relationship. So then they came, they came to us. So um, I do believe that it has more to do with the HR company size than it does with your size. But, you know, that's the point. That's the reason why we, we discuss this and why we try to give you as many perspectives as we can so that if this is something that you're considering, you're thinking about, or, you know, maybe you're in a position where you're like, oh, I'd like to in the next few years to hire somebody to do my HR, or maybe you're currently have an HR that you're like, I really hate the way this works out, are looking for alternatives. That's the reason why we're talking about it. So, Well, I think one thing we can definitely agree on is you need an HR somewhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you have employees. No matter if you're doing it, somebody else is doing it, whichever the case may be, but you need that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm over here like I'm the measure 15 times cut once kind of person over here. So I'm over here like you hire one person and you need an HR. Um, But then that's also just how I I feel about risk. Um, I'm not a I'm not a risky person. So I'm like, you hire your bookkeeper the day you get your business license. You hire your well. Some of it takes some self awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Knowing what type of business owner you are, right? Especially the smaller the company, because I think the smaller the company, the far wider like impact that your personality has on the company culture. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're so you're so close to all your employees. Yes. So you just it 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 takes knowing who you are because uh, I mean. We're not going to name any names, but I'm sure we can all bring to mind certain people who own businesses who are just either cold Mm. or maybe sometimes mean Mm. (laughs) or certainly like, you know, there are certain certain uh, traits in their personality that may not translate the best when it comes to employee relationship. Doesn't mean that they're not great in their field, doesn't mean that they're not great in actually creating and building a business, but some parts of it just doesn't translate. And if you're aware of that, then an HR, somebody who can deal with that side of the people side of the business can really help with that and kind of be a um, compliment to to you. Yep. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Mm. (laughs) In each episode, we like to connect a famous example to our discussion to help you relate our talking points on a more global or well-recognized scale. Sometimes we use exact examples of either famous persons or successful business owners of today or in history. And sometimes we use examples of people who inspire us and have inspired today's discussion. So my example today comes from USA Today. This is an example of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the, com- the company, an example is Uber. Oh my right? God, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I should have didn't know this. And I'm like, I'm like reading the line and I'm like, how did you even get this big. Yeah. But uh, according to USA Today, uh, Uber hired its first HR professional in 2014 when they had grown to more than 500 employees. 
<laughs> now, while Uber wasn't cash strapped by any means, its leadership waited until it had hundreds of employees in place before hiring an HR professional because it viewed HR the way that many emerging companies do as a killjoy in a growth at all cost environment. Even when Uber did expand its HR department, management mostly prioritized recruiting duties over legal compliance, ethics, diversity, and other HR functions. So tasks like addressing sexual harassment, establishing fair compensation, and accurately assessing performance were not among HR's priorities. It's no wonder that Uber's high-profile HR issues eventually led to the resignation of its CEO. Like I said, this is a story of what not to do. Though, does it not astound you that they were able to get by to 500 employees without any HR presence in there? Like, I just, I can just imagine the myriad of issues that occurred along the way. The thing that's crazy to me about Uber is all of the things that they have done that are do not do's for companies, and yet they've still managed to become successful. They're still but they're still so incredibly successful with all of the terrible, terrible things that they have done on the inside and all of the terrible things that have happened um, with Uber being like in the picture on the outside. You know, like there have been some terrible crimes that have occurred with an Uber. <laughs> there have been some um, terrible car accidents that have happened because of, not because of Uber, but uh, involving an Uber. And then like all of the ways that they have made mistakes in building a successful company. Like why does anyone want to work for them? I don't understand. <laughs> but. Well, plus like, you know, even if you talk about business strategy wise, right? I mean, I think it was a, I want to feel like, I want to say it's like maybe three or five years ago where all of a sudden it seemed like all their prices doubled. Well, yeah, it doubled because they, they had no wherewithal of how much revenue they needed to ch like earn in order to cover their <laughs> expenses. So basically they were just losing money all over the place. And just like, again, like basic, like business one-on-one stuff, they completely like, blimped on and yet you know this is definitely i feel like an example like i i love uber by the way because i take uber all the time um only because in our area uh let's just say dc taxi drivers never seem to want to leave dc so no, <laughs> thank goodness horrible. uber came along because i could never get a ride out of dc it was just nobody <laughs> wanted to go to anywhere outside of virginia or they, maryland or anything they will like straight that. up look at you like wait you want me to go to where yeah that's gonna be a no get out of my, get out of my taxi that's what I'm saying. Like, it's completely illegal for them to kick you out, but they do it anyways because they're just kind of like, I'm not moving. So get out of my <laughs> get out of my cab. And that's legit what happened. Right. So I, I I have a little bit less compassion for cab drivers because of that personal. And that's happened multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yeah. So like when Uber came along, I was like, all right, breath of fresh air. Finally, like, you know, it definitely met a need. But all in all is to say that there are companies that like are like successful despite itself, like despite its leadership, despite its management, because the, the product and the service they offer fill such a need that they just keep going regardless. And this is perfect proof, right? Like they have crazy juju. So um, <laughs> I um, am going to, they do, they have crazy juju. Um, I couldn't pick just one and I'm going to pick um two fantastic examples of companies with successful HR departments. One I've talked about in the very long past, and the other is a local, if you consider the East Coast local, favorite. 
FedEx has always been known for its solid success, ranging from delivery to customer service. When the company started, or soon thereafter, they developed a philosophy that they still hold on to. People, service, profit. Which sounds like the opposite of Uber. Profit, <laughs> service, people, or people, <laughs> profit, service. I don't know. Uh, the foundational belief is that excellent care of employees breeds excellent service. In order to track employee success, FedEx holds an annual feedback action program and they send a survey to its employees. After receiving the feedback, management discuss the results to problem solve. They find this to be the most successful way to keep things harmonious within the company. I think that's enough. I think that's phenomenal, especially as big as FedEx is. Um, and, you know, actually, um, I have a cousin who works for FedEx and in, in corporate and um he he loves it um anyway and he and he's been working for them for a very long time so that says a lot to me uh wegmans is one of my favorite grocery stores they have 80 locations that are still operated by the original family which initially opened its fruit and veggie cart back in 1916. wegmans awards and accolades include two hr recognitions from fortune as one of the best companies to work for in 2006, the company ranked number two, and in 2013, the company ranked number five. In 2014, they received Glassdoor's Employees' Choice Award for one of the top 50 large companies to work for. Wegmans emphasizes taking care of the employee and the customer. I have two cousins who work there, and hey, I am a patron myself, and I can attest to the wonderful and lasting experience Wegmans creates. Oh, those are definitely good uh, opposites to what I said. <laughs> In my example. There you go. I, like, I mean, we can end on an optimistic note, right? Yes, we could. We are. <laughs> With each episode, we like to share either books, tools, apps, platforms, or anything we think is a great next step and connector to our discussion. So if you like our subject matter and want to learn more, you'll have a great place to start. So I'm um, not recommending any kind of tools or apps or platforms because those are easy enough to, I think, Google and find for yourself. Everybody offers a little bit something different. Um, I like the fact that there's so many options out there now um, as previous to 10 years ago where there wasn't really a lot of options. So um, what I have is just just a piece of advice, which is please, please, please calculate your HR support as a necessary expense to hiring and retaining your employees. This should be seen as a normal cost of doing business, but it is so often overlooked or severely underestimated when a business owner is deciding whether they should or should not hire their first employee or their next employee. And since in most business, the people cost is not insignificant, this cost really should be evaluated when you're determining the pricing of your service or product to make sure that you're aiming for the right amount of revenue to support your business. All right. So it's not easy for me to recommend an HR platform when most often I'm telling clients that you may want to hire a contracted HR specialist from my company to handle your handle your HR. But in this case, I'll just I'll make an exception. <laughs> there are a few options. Out. Shameless plug. Yeah, I am shamelessly plugging. I'm always doing that. You should know that about me. Um, there are a few options out there for a company that just wants a little bit of HR or HR light, as it were, until they, they are in a position to hire someone either outsourced or in-house. Gusto and ADP both have viable options for your HR needs. Much of it is self-guided, but they do have great support to help you if you find yourself at a loss 
just know that much of it is going to be on you. So, you know, this goes back to the whole, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and although there is some support, it's very minimal support. So a lot of it is going to be you putting the time in. Bamboo HR is very similar to Gusto and ADP in that they offer HR-related services, including payroll management. However, they also simplify data management. It makes them a little easier to navigate and manage. So again, Bamboo HR, and it's funny that I should be saying this because I've had two clients come to me after they were with Bamboo HR. Um, but again, if you are looking to outsource, but you don't want to do the, the legwork to find the HR source, that is right for you, you could go with a larger company like Bamboo. I can't ethically force you to hire a person, but I will say your best bet is to outsource an HR specialist until you can get a department in-house. This will give you a more catered and exclusive experience, plus they will be more likely to catch things before they become red flags than a larger, more sterile company. Agreed. I think we are all both a little biased toward the boutique subject matter expert specialist companies, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, but you know, you got to do what you feel is right for you. And hopefully that we, hopefully we've given all of the perspectives um, that we can give all the angles of the perspective. So you can make the best choice. That's correct. At the end of the day, it's finding the right fit for you. Yes. So please join us for our next episode where we will discuss when would you need to bring key personnel into your business and why? What purpose would they serve? So we're gonna go beyond the HR specialists now. We're gonna talk about managers and supervisors and and um, maybe controllers or whatever, you know, whatever persons that you need inside of your business. When do you need them? Why do you need them? What roles do they, um, what purpose do they serve? And um, this is important because I don't know about you. Well, you probably have uh, come across businesses that are just ginormous and really do need uh, certain key persons in their business and they don't have them. And this to me is the crack in what could uh, essentially turn into a crumble of your company. Please show us your support by following us on your preferred podcast platform, social media, and YouTube. We'd love for you to also share our episodes. All of our links are posted below. Until next time, mind your business behind your small business.